0: Welcome to episode 20 of Between the Times. This is a podcast of Christ Church for Christ Church and my name is Ross Hodges and I'm here with Pastor John Payne. We are uh, continuing a discussion today uh, that we began in the last episode on uh, the Lord's Supper and in particular why at Christ Church we have it weekly. This is a three part series that we're doing um, on this issue of weekly communion and we wanna do this because we believe that it's important that uh, our people, uh, those of you who are members and those of you who are visiting, uh, understand um, why we do what we do. Uh, that the Lord's Supper is a—it's um, it, a central part of our worship each week, and. So we're discussing, uh, discussing that, what the Lord's Supper is. We talked about that in our first uh, episode on this uh, last time. We spoke about the Lord's Supper being a means of grace and uh, how, just like the preaching of the word, uh, the Lord's Supper as a, a visible word is um, one of those things that the Lord uses to uh, grow us in our faith and to uh, encourage us. So uh, we spoke about uh, weekly uh, communion and, and the reasons being one, because it is a means of grace, and secondly, um, that it is uh, the way that God uh, signifies and seals and confirms uh, the preaching of the gospel that has happened uh, in the worship service. And thirdly, that uh, the Lord's Supper weekly gives us uh, a more complete and holistic Lord's Day experience, that there's something missing uh, on a Lord's Day if uh, the Lord's Supper, if, if communion isn't there. Uh, Fourthly, that uh, the Lord's Supper deepens our dependence upon and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, that the experience of partaking um, actually brings us uh, experientially to a a deeper dependence upon uh, our Lord Jesus. And then fifthly, uh, we spoke about how partaking of the Lord's Supper weekly uh, helps cultivate uh, increased levels of piety assurance and thankful obedience in our hearts and in our lives. And so uh, with those things in mind, we want to pick up today and and finish out our discussion on um, reasons why we partake of Communion Weekly, and then our next episode and final episode on this will be some of the common objections that we hear. But uh, John, as we pick back up here, um, take, us, take us on and, and move us into um, our, our both of those. Yes,
1: absolutely. So we come to our sixth reason why we partake of the Lord's Supper
0: weekly, and it's because the Lord's Supper is a mark of the visible church. Mm. Now that's an important distinction that maybe not everybody is familiar with. Can you um, go ahead and flesh out the visible church versus the invisible church and what we mean there? Yeah, so
1: a classic distinction uh, between the, the visible church and the invisible church is that the visible church are all professing believers and their children. And they are all baptized, right? That's professing right. believers right. and their and their children. Now, is it the case that some of those professing believers uh, and or their children could actually be non Christians and reject the faith?
0: Absolutely, and yeah. And be
1: playing games or having some double life and really, well, of course, uh, our Lord Jesus. Made it clear that uh, there will be wheat and tares yes. in the church. So so long as we carry on in this sinful world, there will always be what we'd call false professors of faith, and and uh, that's that's the reality that we will live with uh, east of Eden, uh, this side of heaven. Uh, the invisible church will be the the, the truly converted, mm-hmm. uh, the those who truly are united to Christ, and only God ultimately knows all of of, of who that is. Yes. So. So when we talk about a mark of the visible church, the Lord's Supper being a mark of the visible church, uh, we're talking about what separates uh, uh, Christians here on earth from non-Christians.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Christians, they they making a, a credible profession of faith being able to examine themselves and discern the body and blood of the Lord as we're taught in 1 Corinthians 11. In other words, understanding the gospel and being yes. able to come to the table in a mature way. Uh, the Lord's Supper is a mark of the visible church along with baptism in that way. And so uh, Christians today, they have all kinds of things that they try to, to, uh, uh, to incorporate into their lives to mark them out. It might be... Contemporary Christian music, mm-hmm. fish uh, symbol on the car, a, f- a fish symbol on the car. It might be uh, wearing a cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are all different ways, and and these things aren't aren't necessarily bad. Sure, yeah. But are they uh, official marks of being set apart as God's people? No, they're not. Uh, we never want to marginalize those things which Christ Himself instituted for mm-hmm. the marking out of his people as separate from the world. Yes. And so we want to be in the world, but not of the world. And one way we show that we are in the world, not of the world, is by being uh, baptized members of a local church and coming regularly to the Lord's table. When you come to the table, you are you are clearly uh, uh, communicating what it is you believe. hmm and what it is you are committed to and and knowing who is committed
0: to you and where your trust is and where your trust yeah. is so those are uh those are identifying markers that the Lord Jesus himself instituted that says this is this is what you will be this is how you will look if you are my people and um so we are arguing that that the Lord's supper is, is an integral part of that because God's people come together as one body breaking the one bread and drinking the one cup um as we read in the scriptures, and that is showing that uh, every week this is who we are. This is how we are identified yes. as as separate from the
1: world. Yes, Philippians three twenty says that we are uh, that our citizenship is in heaven. Mm. So while here in America we are citizens of the United States of America, uh, our our greater citizenship. The one we are ultimately most loyal to and have our allegiance towards is our citizenship in heaven, our citizenship in the kingdom of God. Mm. And coming to the Lord's Supper every week demonstrates that outward commitment and devotion to that which is most important to us. And and so this is um, one of the reasons why, of course, we uh, we come to the table every week because we believe that distinction should be set forth every week, that we are set apart. And this does lead us, To our seventh reason, which you just mentioned, which is that the Lord's Supper encourages unity in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he explains in chapter 10 and verse 17 uh, that there is one bread and we who are many are one body for we all partake of the one bread. And so what happens when you come together to the Lord's table regularly, and we're saying here weekly, is that it fosters and cultivates unity in the body of Christ. How so? Well, we're we're humbled Mm -hmm. as we come to the table. Uh, We recognize our sin.
0: Mm.
1: We also recognize that the Lord's Supper not only has... Uh, vertical dimensions, uh, but also horizontal dimensions. We not only have fellowship with God mm-hmm. and His Son at the Lord's table;
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have fellowship with one another because we are one body, coming to partake of that one loaf. And so, if you are coming to the Lord's table, for instance, with uh, bitterness and grudges and unforgiveness in your heart towards others, actually the Bible says, "Don't come." That's right. To 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 leave your gift. And to go make it right, and then to come back, um, and so. Wouldn't you say, Ross, that 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 coming to the Lord's table rightly and these things being properly
0: communicated to the congregation would indeed build up unity? Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's inherent um, in any sort of. Community that there is uh, there's friction because we 're sinners on this side of heaven we, we will be sinners, so anytime we gather together in community whether that 's as an immediate family or in a workplace or in the church there there will be friction because our sins bump up against each other yeah. but uh, what we are commanded to do is to live in in harmony and unity with one another and if you know that um, each week you're coming to the table with your brothers and sisters in Christ you know that you cannot be harboring bitterness, as you said, and grudges, and, and you can't let that friction remain between you because you would then be making um, a mockery of the table. You'd be mm-hmm. coming pretending to be unified yes. with one another and yet not truly being. So you, you're forced uh, week in and week out to be making, yes. to, to be keeping short accounts. Yes, and, and who, who in, their, in their right
1: mind could come to the Lord's table and reflect upon and rejoice in the forgiveness and mercy of God through the person and work of Jesus Christ and yet harbor bitterness towards someone sitting next to them. Right. Uh, that, that shows that you don't understand the gospel in the first place. Um, the Apostle Paul, I think, makes note of this in Ephesians 4 and verse 32 where he says to be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave mm-hmm. you. That's huge. So every week we come to the table. We are not only having fellowship with God and receiving His grace and being built up in the faith and encouraged and hearing about His love for us and also us responding to Him with uh, overtures of love and greater devotion and obedience, but we are also having fellowship with one another, and in that fellowship, we are being reminded of the need, mm. uh, 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 the mandate, really, to forgive one another yes. and to not uh, and to keep short accounts.
0: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is an excellent point. Um, now, moving on to our eighth point here, uh, this this one might sound a bit foreign, uh, so uh, we'll just go ahead and state it, but some explanation may be needed here. Um, You're arguing in the pamphlet that uh, we partake weekly because in the context of public worship, the Lord's Supper is a kind of covenant renewal ceremony. Now, um, again, that might sound a little foreign to some people, but go ahead and flesh that out for us.
1: Actually, I have no idea what I'm talking about there, so we'll just move on. Okay, moving on to point nine. (laughs) <laughs> no, this this language is a bit technical and theological, but we know that God um, has revealed Himself to man through covenants, mm-hmm. and uh, these these covenants, which are basically packs, uh, p a c t s, uh, where He is entering into a covenant relationship mm-hmm. uh, with with humanity and also with uh, His Church in particular. With humanity, of course, in the Garden. Yeah. Uh, where a covenant was made, a covenant of works, which uh, declared that uh, uh, if Adam were to to carry on in obedience and not eat of the tree of of the knowledge of good and evil uh, in the garden, that he he and his posterity would, would carry on in, in perfection and mm-hmm. be in paradise and in perfect fellowship with God forever. However, if he were to eat uh, of that tree, uh, he would be expelled from the garden. And would be separated from God, and uh, and so that covenant of works, of course, was broken. Mm. Uh, man did not obey and was cast out, and, and and since that very day, man has been disobeying and rebelling against God. So, thankfully, the covenant of works, or that law covenant, as it were, do this and live; don't do this and die. Thankfully, that's not the only covenant. Mm. If so, we would all die. Uh, in sin and, and, and be cast into everlasting uh, damnation thankfully there's what's called a covenant of grace yes. where God entered into a covenant to say that um, he will save a people uh, from their sins mm-hmm. and that while there are uh, sanctions for for this covenant breaking that we do that he actually would be the one to pay those for that pay those penalties and yes. sanctions with the life of his own son delivering him over for us so so god's covenant his his promise his covenant promises are de- are meant to be declared to us in public worship hmm. that we are the recipients of god's precious promises in the gospel that he is a covenant keeping faithful god loyal to keep his promise to save us from our sins and so so the, the Lord's Supper which replaced uh, and fulfilled Passover is the the so-called ratification meal of the new covenant. Um uh whenever covenants were made in ancient the ancient Near East they always ended with a meal mm-hmm. uh, as a kind of ratification or seal of those 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 uh, that relationship that was entered into. Sure. And so the Lord's Supper becomes that and so when when we Uh, meet for public worship, Uh, the Lord's Supper is essentially a kind of renewing of the covenant of grace. God declares his loyalty and love to his redeemed children through the proclamation of his word and the administration of the sacraments. And it's also a time when we, with gratitude and trust, we once again declare our love in response to him, um, where we renew our commitment uh to him mm-hmm. by grace through faith and and so um the church oftentimes you know in, in, in revivalistic america has had things like altar calls right. and uh right renewal commitment kind of you know moments or or parts of the service well we believe that uh the lord's table yep. is meant to serve as a kind of time of recommitment. And it happens every week. Absolutely. And we're not getting saved every week. We're not, you know, but it's a, it's a beautiful kind of recommitment to uh, of, of God declaring his love and loyalty to us and us responding to him by saying, yes, Lord, we are so thankful. We receive your grace and your love and we want to live in that and to respond to it with, with greater obedience.
0: Mm. I love the imagery here and the imagery of the meal because we can come uh, week in and week out uh, every lord 's day, and come to the the table of the Lord. You know we call this the lord 's Supper. and we want to it is communion, we also call it communion because of the, um, the elements of, of unity here, but the lord 's supper and there 's this imagery of, of God spreading a table before us mm. and us coming and, and being fed from his bounty and from his hand, and you know what, um, what king would feed his enemies what king would, would spread this bounty in front of those uh with whom he is at um animosity you know that there's there's um mm. warfare going no he feeds his 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 family he feeds his mm. children yeah. who were once his enemies who were once his enemies
1: but by grace have been brought into this sweet relationship and um yeah and and, and you think of just the mealtime um you know at somebody's house they invite you over mm. and they 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 put a nice meal before you there's something that that uh some you know friendship and mm. encouragement is is cultivated in times like that and that's that's what the you know food has always done yeah so god yeah. has has uh brought this institute this crisis instituted this meal for the the life and blessing of his church and mm. And so we we go on to to number nine, uh, that we partake weekly of the Lord's Supper because it highlights the judgment and the salvation of God, two themes that must always be central in our worship. That's right. Um, We've heard uh, that we must uh, hear the bad news before we hear the good news or the good news wouldn't be that good.
0: We we couldn't understand the good news apart from the bad news that if there is no judgment then there's no salvation from judgment. There's nothing to be saved from. Right. And so we get both of those at the table, don't we? Because we have portrayed before us the the judgment that came upon Christ in breaking his body for our sin and in spilling his blood for our sin, and yet at the same time the other side of that coin is the salvation that was brought through those things. Mm. Yes, and. We also see judgment and salvation in in baptism mm-hmm.
1: uh, those those the same waters that uh, that destroyed the world also buoyed up uh, the ark with Noah and his family and we mm-hmm. see in first peter three the that kind of sim that that symbolism, symbolism yeah um, and then in preaching as well Pr- faithful preaching is always holding up side by side the judgment and salvation of god
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 the uh uh the the judgment of god comes to those who reject god's way of salvation namely jesus christ and the <laughs> salvation of god comes to those who receive him as lord and savior and so always if if preaching is faithful the judgment and the salvation of god are are side by side and that's partly why so much modern day evangelicalism is uh superficial and um and weak is because judgment and sin and hell these things are just completely out of the picture mm. and so we're hearing all this good news about the love of god and yet people that has has no real substance to it
0: that's right and and so we're we're arguing here that um this judgment and salvation in the way that it's so powerfully pictured at the table is is something that we we need weekly that that is beneficial for us every single week because as um i heard one pastor say um, we're those with spiritual amnesia. And it's, it's amazing yes. what we can forget in six six days, uh, seven days, we come back, we need once again to be reminded um, of those uh, in, uh, those incredibly important themes.
1: Yeah, and we're, we're like computers, um, uh, not Apple computers, but, <laughs> but uh, PCs that are, are always needing to be rebooted.
0: Rebooted it and updated.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, we we need that. We're, we're like old yeah. computers. We 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 tend to forget. We tend to forget the beauty and the majesty and the loveliness of of Christ mm. uh, crucified and risen for us. And so when we come back on the Lord's Day, we need that trumpeted again, uh, again mm. and again. Finally, we come to uh, the last reason why we partake. The last reason listed, anyway, um, is because by doing so. Uh, God's people will experience more of Christ. Um, we we do believe that we get the whole Christ in the preaching of the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, God has given us this meal that we would have a more full experience of Christ as we come to the Lord's table. And so uh, Robert Bruce, who was a 16th century Scottish minister and, and um, successor after uh, John Knox at Saint Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, he writes Even though Christ is the same in himself, yet the better hold you have of him at the table, the surer you are of his promise. The sacraments are appointed, that I may have him more fully in my soul, that I may have the bounds of it enlarged, and that he may make the better residence in me. And so as we to bring it full circle, as we said at the beginning, you know this this uh, sacrament points us to union with Christ. Yes. And while union with while our our uh, position in Christ and the our forensic union can never get stronger, it is perfect. The declarations that God has made about us, the, the declarations that God has made about us in union with Christ as justified, hmm. that that can't you, we can't be more justified than right. justified. Yes but we can be more sanctified and part of that sanctification is growing in our knowledge and experience of our union with Christ and so and and this is by the way when people talk about how you know presbyterians they 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 don't have experience they they're just all you know very heady and bookish and mm. and uh you know no uh when we hear god's word faithfully preached when we come to the lord's table when we witness baptisms you know it is it should deeply affect us mm. emotionally, and our affections uh, should be stirred, because here we are talking about the eternal Son of God being born of a virgin, mm. living a sinless life uh, under uh, God's law, uh, and then as a perfect, sinless sacrifice and substitute, being nailed to a wooden tree, being lifted up. Uh, With our sins every sin that we've committed and will commit upon him and and God the father turning his face away from his son and unleashing his his divine wrath upon his own son for our salvation Mm. and then on the third day he is raised from the dead and uh, and clearly you know declares uh, victory over over death and Satan and sin and hell, and then is exalted he ascends into heaven and is exalted at the right hand of God, and now intercedes for us as our high priest and and one day will come again i mean this is this is what we are to be reflecting on as we come to the lord 's table this is This is not uh you know coax and jokes mm. uh th- this is This is the Lord Jesus Christ being clearly communicated to the souls of his people and mm. and we should embrace this i i i kid with some of my friends who will give some pushback on uh weekly communion and uh, giving different excuses and and i always tell them i want to one day write a write a pamphlet called why not <laughs> give me one good reason why we shouldn't come to the lord's table weekly because i i've, I've quite frankly, haven't heard one. I guess mm. that'll take us into our next episode.
0: That's right. Well, um, well said, and uh, we do invite you to uh, tune in to our next episode where we discuss uh, the, the common objections to weekly communion. And we thank you for joining us on this episode of Between the Times.